This week, as part of Earth Day, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo and the Special Representative for the Prairies, Jim Carr, hosted a panel discussion with young farmers in Manitoba and Saskatchewan to talk about climate-smart agricultural practices and recent investments in the federal budget. Glendalee Allen-Vossler takes us through some of the discussion with the panel participants, Tannis Axton of Axton Farms Limited at Minton, Saskatchewan, Allison Squires from Upland Organics at Wood Mountain, Saskatchewan, Karen Clausen of Fospa Farm at Manitou, Manitoba, and Alexander Bersh at Regen Egg Solutions at Eli, Manitoba. The first area of discussion focused around what regenerative agriculture practices they're using on their own operation. Tannis Axton started things off. To us, regenerative egg is a continuous improvement of our soil. So some of the practices that we use include intercropping, companion cropping, and cover crops. Um, gives us great diversity and helps us keep our soil covered and protected. Uh, with winter, we can't always keep a live plant growing, of course. So we use stripper headers to harvest so that we can keep standing stubble. And we try to grow a large amount of high carbon crops. We do large scale composting, which allows us to restore the biology in the soil. Controlled traffic farming, uh, which basically is just driving on the same tracks for every operation we do in the field, which helps us reduce compaction and fuel efficiency. And lastly, we're a no-till farm. Our goal is to disturb the soil as little as possible. Allison Squires talked about their certified organic operation. The very first thing that we started doing when we started adopting these types of practices was adding diversity. So Tannis talked about intercropping and companion cropping. Uh, we added a lot of diversity that way as well, but we really focused on diversity diversity in our rest year or our green manure year. In organic agriculture, we do take a year off from annual cropping and we seed, uh, seed the land instead to a green manure so that we can build back our soil in that rest year. So we used to do one species of plant and now we do uh, five or more species every year. Something we've also done is we've also dramatically reduced the amount of disturbance. So when you're talking about disturbance, it could be physical or chemical. Um, in organic agriculture, uh, physical disturbance is our main, our main uh, thing that we need to worry about. So our, uh, the amount of tillage that we do on our farm has been drastically reduced in the last five years. Uh, we maybe disturb the soil this way once a year uh, versus some other uh, farms which may disturb the soil uh, multiple times in a season. One of the biggest ways we were able to do this is that we invested in, um, in livestock integration. So on our farm, uh, on our green manure year, we instead of tilling the green manure into the soil to build the soil back up, we invested in a large cow-calf herd and we actually do rotational grazing across our annual acres this way. And so what this does is it feeds back the feeds into the soil and that we're not disturbing the structure of the soil. The nutrients of the cover crops are being cycled through the cattle and being deposited onto the soil to be professional about it. And then also uh, the cows, as they move, as we move them every day through these uh, cover crop acres, they're also trampling a lot of the cover crop plant material, leaving it on the surface of the soil, which acts as an armor or protection of the surface of the soil, which protects it from heat swings and moisture loss. So these are the type of things that we started integrating in the last few years. And now um, I'm actually learning a lot from Tannis. We're starting to expand into large-scale composting, 
which is something that is probably one of our more challenging uh, integrations so far, but something we're working on right now. Alexander Baer said they're implementing a lot of the same practices. We're also integrating compost, intercrops, as much diversity as possible, and trying to keep our soils green for as long as possible. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to integrate cattle yet into our uh, operation, but something that we've paid a lot of attention to in the buildup to that is carbon to nitrogen ratios. And I think something that's underestimated in conventional agriculture is the effect of too much nitrogen in the soil and not just soil disturbance. And so we've also implemented a lot of practices trying to minimize those by looking at different nutrients, trying to focus on nutrient density in our crops and using more micronutrients, splitting up fertilizer applications, doing more foliar applications with a sprayer instead of spraying chemicals. And uh, this has been a really big part in trying to reduce our carbon footprint. Karen Clausen farms in the Manitou area. We've been trying to introduce some climate-friendly practices as well over the past few years. We've converted some of our land to organic management, and we still have some conventional as well. So we're we're trying a lot, lots of different things to see how they they work out. We're very lucky in that we have neighbors who have cattle, and so we in, integrated livestock onto our organic land last year to graze down the um, the cover crops, which has been really interesting and challenging uh, experience as a new new uh, farmer myself and absolutely new to having animals on the land. It was an interesting year and we'll be doing it again this year as well. We've also been um, just really increasing the number of crops that we grow in diversity. So in that way, we can reduce the amount of nitrogen that we use and just using some of the organic management practices on even our conventional land really helps to reduce nitrogen and, and taking a page from preach from the organic agriculture as well, just increasing the diversity, not just of the cash crops we grow, but just around the farm as well. We're in this beautiful wetland, slightly rolling hill region where we have lots of creeks running through the properties and and um, marshes and and hills. And so it's it's great to have the to protect what is already there and also introduce extra pollinator friendly plants and strips around just to try and increase the biodiversity that's that's around. It just needs some invitation to come and hang out here a little bit more. The panel also talked about environmental benefits, the challenges, and ways the government funding and incentive programs can help to encourage young farmers to implement regenerative agriculture practices. Following the discussion, Minister Bobo said she was pleased with what she'd heard. We are in the right direction, but there's a lot of work to do. And I need many, many, many more ambassadors like you all across the country in the various regions. And I've taken good notes that we have to be careful about the way we formulate the programs and the deadlines and the, <laughs> and the administrative burden that sometimes comes with the program. And uh, we, we're always trying to do better. You can check out the panel's full discussion on the Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada Facebook page. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. 
The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network.